Good morning, church. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, We are going to start a new series today called WFR Forward. And so for the next uh, three weeks, uh, today I'll be doing WFR Our Identity. Uh, Next week, Alan will be doing WFR Our Vision. And then Trent will do the last lesson in this series about uh, connections, WFR, our connections, connecting people to God and people to people. So that's kind of the uh, idea of this little three-week series that we'll be doing. And uh, so uh, we're going to be starting today talking about our identity. Usually when we think about identity in churches, we think about church signs, which, by the way, we are getting a new church sign. Lou Ann demanded it. She said that thing that was broke so often, she's tired of messing with. So uh, 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 we've try to get word out and information out best we can to people. But uh, uh, we have another location now, of course, across the river. And so our sign, we wanted to represent basically uh, really who we are. And so you'll see the gospel drawing is there because we want to always be about the gospel. We want to be known for that more than anything else. And under that WFR church, and you'll, yeah, uh, I'm sure you probably can't read the small print under there, but it says worship, family, rescue. Uh, so, uh, the same sign will be over at university. It'll just say WFR Church at university. And so, uh, uh, uh that'll be, uh, an effort outside here in terms of something on the grounds to say, here's what's happened here. We're about the gospel. We're about worship, family, rescue. Uh, and someone said, Mike, are you, are you trying to get away from the word Church of Christ? Well, uh, no, I mean, all of our papers, our legal name is Church of Christ, those kinds of things. That's not a, it's not an effort to disassociate or anything like that. So don't go run off scared, you know. But we are going to talk about identity and it's much more than a sign. We just want to reflect really who we are. You know, and so, and this is what happens. You recognize people by what they look like and what's going on with them, right? Matter of fact, have you ever, you ever sit there, uh, 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 I, I don't know about you, but I've had to wait for Susan, not often, but a time or two, you know, and you're sitting at the mall, or you're sitting wherever, and, you know, I just get to looking at, you ever do that, people watching? Yeah, some of y'all doing that right now. Uh, you say, oh, they look like so-and-so, or they could be kin to them, you know, you kind of have that kind of thing. The other day, old Gordon was visiting the nursing home, and he walked in, and this lady uh, was sitting in the wheelchair, she kept staring at him and staring at him and smiling. And so uh, finally he thought, she must know her something. So, so uh, Gordon walked up there to talk to her, you know, and, 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 and said, do I know you or something? And she, was, she said, you look just like my fourth husband. <laughs> you know? And so old Gordon said, well, that's interesting. He said, uh, 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 how many times have you been married? And with a grin, she said, three Well, so it's kind of getting back there to the back a little bit. We do look and we recognize people. We recognize things. We, we have that uh, identity. We rather identify people, right? And so at Whitesbury Road, what identifies us? You know, uh, it's seen in our, it's, uh, in terms of assembly, it's seen in our singing. That's part of our DNA at this church. We love to sing at this church. 
uh, and uh, uh, and we love to worship, and that's a great blessing. Matter of fact, uh, when worship takes place, and Paul said when someone walks in the Corinthian letter and sees people worshiping that authentic worship, they say God must be in here. And so uh, over and over, the emails and the comments we get all the time from visitors and from people online is about the singing and the worship that takes place. What a special time. That it really is special to us here. And also, there's something special about our communion time. That's family time, right? You know, that's a sharing together. We break bread together. We remember the gospel that, that uh, saved us, and, and, we, uh, and we celebrate that together. And our, our preaching, I, you know, I, I was telling Trent, I, I hope our preaching stays right on target. It needs to keep the main thing the main thing. We've got to focus there on the gospel and rescuing people. And our, in our baptism, don't you love to see baptisms take place? Every time you see a baptism, that represents a win. God won another one. God won another one. And I love to view and see baptisms and that thing take place. And in our response time, there's such a good, authentic thing that takes place down here when people bring their burdens down and we pray together. And where we say no one responds alone. People come together. Uh, as a matter of fact, so many people come, sometimes you don't know who's responding, right? So, Dave, we just take everybody's response, okay? I mean, and so, but there's a, something good about family time. There's something good about having a safe place to be able to grow and to share and to be brokenhearted with and to uh, rejoice with too. And so all those things are seen. But look, church is much more, the church of Christ is much more about uh, 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 what happens outside than it is just inside this magic place here. I mean, it's things happening all over our community by our brothers and by our sisters. WFR, our our identity is a result of the gospel. Look, the gospel rescued us. And out of that rescue, we're in a family and we worship together. But our worship is not just something we do corporately together as a family. We do it in how we live life out there with people every day. I want you to look at Luke chapter 15 with me. I love this story. The setting is that there's a, uh, Jesus is sitting there with a group of tax collectors and sinners, uh, and they're all gathered around to hear him, which, by the way, that's a good place to be. And, uh, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law didn't like it, and they muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. By the way, they meant it as a criticism. I always take it as a compliment, right? And then Jesus tells them a story about a lost sheep and about a lost coin. And then in verse 11 about a lost son. Let's look at this for just a little bit. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, by the way, that means he what? Had lost his senses, right? When he came to them, he said, How many of my father's hired men who have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired hand, uh, men. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, 
His father saw him. He was looking for him. He saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. I love that picture. God comes running. Threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive. Again, he was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate. Now, you know the rest of the story. The older son, he doesn't like what's going on too much. He's got a little pride, a little self-righteousness about himself. But the father reaches out to him and says, how can we not celebrate? So he reaches out to this lost one coming back. He reaches out to the self-righteous and prideful one. But he wants to bring them all into the family and celebrate. I love this story. It's a story of rescue. It's a story of someone who totally understood how terrible they were and separated from God. And yet they could come back to God and God was ready to run toward them and throw his arm around them. That's rescue. And what happens when rescue takes place? There's a celebration. There's a family gathering. There's a party that takes place. There's worship. There's family. There's rescue. You see that when this happened, not only did they celebrate, but heaven celebrates. He said earlier that even one sinner repents and comes to God, what happens? The angels rejoice. So you see, when rescue takes place, you change the emotions of heaven. Joy takes place. Celebration takes place when God sees one person rescued by the message of the gospel. That's what we want to be known for. We want to be known by rescuing people. And we want to be known for celebrating that rescue. So we want to shout, Amen and Hallelujah. We want to shout, Amen and Hallelujah. I know you wasn't brought up celebrating. I understand. It's a little hard. You know, I used to watch those TV shows. Those, I would see those ladies in the choir singing and waving. They would be shouting out. They'd be having so much fun celebrating. And I'd be sitting over there thinking, watching that religious program, program thinking, yeah, but we're right. <laughs> Dead right. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of how it was. We didn't really understand how to celebrate. But we're a church family. We know, well, now we know we celebrate when someone is rescued. That's who we are. Our identity We are people who rescue, who celebrate, and worship God, giving Him the glory when it takes place. You see this here, right? That's who we are. In Acts chapter 2, the very beginning of the church, I love to be a part, I love that my history is a part of the restoration movement. I love that. Because there's a message I got early on going to church that says, let's go back to the Bible. Let's go back to where the church started. Let's, let's see how they did things. And let's look at that. Let's relook at the Word of God. And I think that's a great, great message today. And I think there's a good restoration feel among religious people even today. Let's just go back to the Bible, right? And so in Acts chapter 2, this, the church starting, Peter gets up and he preaches the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He said, look, you knew Jesus was from God. You saw the wonders and the signs and the miracles he did. You knew he was the incarnation. You knew he came. You know, you saw him die by wicked hands, people put him to death. And he was raised from the dead. The grave was empty. So he preaches this good news. And in 37 and 38, he says, look, their hearts were pricked. The story of Jesus touches people's hearts. And it changes their hearts. 
Then they said, what do we need to do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And now all this takes place and 3,000 people respond. And then at the, as this thing moves along at the church, the beginning of the church, they started selling their land and their goods to take care of one another who didn't have. They started being family with each other. And they continued in the apostles' teaching and in fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. Remember that? And then at the end of that chapter, what's he says? They were praising God and found favor among the people. You know what I see in that? The beginning of the church? I see rescue. I see family. And I see worship. That's what we are. WFR, right? Worship, family, rescue. That's what a New Testament church is. That's our identity. It's all wrapped up in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must be a hospital for sinners. We're not a museum for saints. We're not on a cruise ship. We're on a battleship. And we're headed in a good direction. With the greatest news in the world. That's why. The gospel has to be always at the heart of everything we do. Our identity at WFR, our stability, our hope is found in the name of Jesus, not the name on a building. It's found in the person of Christ, not the program of a church. It's found in the Savior of sinners, not the structure of our services. Look, one of the reasons that threatens us so many times in what we do within an assembly is because we had our stability in, 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 in ritual activity instead of having our stability in the Savior, Jesus Christ. That relationship is what it's all about. Now, when you say, who are these people? What is the church? Who are we as a church? We're a Bible-believing, gospel-centered, gospel-singing Holy priesthood, disciple-making, world-reaching, Holy Spirit-filled church of Jesus Christ. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out how to get all that on the sign. So we'll just go with WFR Church. Is that all right, church? You know, I am... uh, I am so moved by how Jesus took me when I totally didn't deserve it and rescued me. And I don't ever want us as a church to lose our gratitude for the gospel. Look, here's what I want you to take home. That when we talk about Watch Ferry Road, or we talk about where we say WFR, that's kind of what people in the community call us. What are we saying? We're saying we love God. We love others. And we share Jesus. Why? Because that, that incorporates the greatest command. We're keeping it first. Loving God, loving other people. And the great commission. That message that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 is of first importance. And so as a church, our identity needs to always be seen in the way that we practice the greatest command and preach the greatest message of the gospel of Jesus. If that identifies me, I am good to go. I'll never forget one time I preached several lessons on grace. And matter of fact, we had preached this was at another place uh, 
Uh, it's hard to say uh, another church since I only preached at one other one. So, you know, uh, but I was in Kaufman preaching and, and oh, man, I'll tell you what, the brothers, they were so good. Uh, I, I was doing a lesson, lessons through the book of Ephesians. You know, Ephesians is just full of good news about the grace of God, right? And about the body of Christ and how we respond and grow up to be like Jesus and all those. And so uh, uh, I remember one brother who kind of been a little frustrated with me. And he said, Mike, you don't ever preach on the church. I said, we just did a whole deal on the body of Christ. No, no, I mean the church. I said, well, I, I don't know what you mean. He said, all you want to talk about is the gospel. So I stopped and I said, would you write that on my tombstone? I would love that to be said. Well, you know what I mean. Well, I, yeah, I do know what he means. But look, the sign of a true church is not your name. It's not even in your worship. The sign of a true church, Jesus said in John 13, is that people love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. That's the sign. And it's not sticking up out of the ground somewhere. It's seen in how you treat your neighbor and how you treat your boss at work and how you treat the person at the grocery store and how you treat your uh, people that your kids run around with and you have in your home. That's how they see you love each other and they see you uh, proclaim the good news of Jesus. All of a sudden, they see Jesus Christ. You see, our identity is wrapped up in a person. And whatever Jesus did in His body while He was here, is what you and I, we are the body of Christ. You are the second incarnation of Christ. We need to be doing whatever Jesus was doing in His body. That's what we ought to be doing the best we can do. it. Now look, we're human. We fall short. We're sinful. We mess up. But this is a place that we can celebrate who we are in Christ. Look, you are not condemned any longer. Romans 8 says, therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are where? In Christ Jesus. There's your identity. You're not condemned any longer. Quit letting guilt and quit letting uh, uh, your weakness get in the way. You're not condemned when you're in Christ Jesus. Everybody he says, you've been made more than conquerors through Christ who gives you. Look here, it's what he says. He says that, look, that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not famine, not nakedness, not sword, not peril, nothing You are God's child. You are a holy priesthood, Peter said. A special people, a peculiar people. Some of you are a little more peculiar than others, right? But peculiar people, a special people. You're royalty. You're a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So live like and enjoy it. That's your identity. I'm about to get excited. But I'll tell you what, if you can't get excited about the gospel and about who we are as a church family. I, we were in that ER last night and people started pouring through those doors to come in and see old Brian Troll. We violated every hospital rule that was written, I'm sure. But people poured into there and I could identify. That's the church. Love one another. That's what was happening. And a sweet sister 
got her chip over here the other Friday night, and a group of her friends all gathered around her and celebrated. I said, that's, that's the church. That's loving one another. Somebody passes away, and there's food, and there's visits, and there's cards, and there's people gathered around. Because who, who are you going to call? That, that's your family. That's who we have to be for each other. Oh, and look, we don't, we don't always get along like family, right? I mean, I've got two older brothers. I understand. Sometimes you have a little few family squabbles. I mean, sometimes there were several times when they were wrong, and I just couldn't convince them of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'll tell you what was great about it is I had a big brother. And you know what happens when you have a big brother? Some from the, from the outside attacks you. You can go to your big brother for help. When Satan attacks you, you have a big brother. Jesus Christ, you point to him. He's got it. He's got you in his hands. He's got you in his arms. He'll take care of you. He'll protect you. You're in good company. You are co-heirs with Christ Jesus, the creator of the universe. So, our identity, it's all wrapped up in a man called Jesus. Let's be sure as we move forward, we keep it there. That we be a Bible-believing, Bible-loving, Bible-teaching group of people. That we are blood-bought, blood-taught, and blood-kin. We are redeemed, renewed, and revived. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And I am proud to be in this family. So what's our response? What's required of us? This kind of reminds me of a passage out of Lamentations, right? What does God require of you, old man? Walk humbly, love mercy, and just do the right thing. That's who we are. Father, we love you. We want to look more like your son. We want to be identified with him in everything we do. We want to give you glory and honor by being like him. We know we fall short, but yet, Father, because of Jesus, we can come to you. And we, we Father, can continue walking in the light, and the blood continually cleanses us. Thank you, Father, for your promises. Thank you for making us more than conquerors. Thank you, Father, for giving us full assurance of our salvation because of the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. May we, as a church, stay committed and stay on task with fulfilling the great commission and the spirit of the greatest command. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. Amen. I love you. Thank you for listening today. If you have a need to respond, to be baptized into Christ or share a prayer, you can do that while together we stand and sing.